0: Well, good morning. Always makes me a little nervous when Randy says, let's, you know, prepare for Doug's lesson. And I'm always afraid he's going to start the song, Troublesome Times Are Here. So I'm thankful that we didn't have that song to start us off. I hope you've enjoyed going through uh, the Believe uh, book with us. uh, And you have, have caught up if you got behind. And now last week, we looked at um, being a, a community that believes and bonds uh, together. And this week we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of each one of us being unique and having individual gifts. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about this morning. Uh, and when I talk about spiritual gifts, uh, sometimes that may make you a little nervous because you think spiritual gifts um, may involve some things that you're not... Uh, familiar with or maybe some things that you're not comfortable with. Uh, Sometimes you hear spiritual gifts and you think, well, this must be the laying on of hands or the prophesying in tongues. And so what exactly is a spiritual gift? Simply put, a spiritual gift is a gift that you can use to glorify God's kingdom. And you may think, well, that involves praying, or that involves singing, or that involves preaching. But spiritual gifts go far beyond the realm of what takes place on a Sunday morning between the hours of 9 and ten fifteen. It goes well beyond even a Bible class that you would have with little kids or even with adults. It goes off into your lives everywhere you go. Each one of you has been given a spiritual gift. Some of you are multi-talented individuals, and you've been given multiple gifts spiritual gifts. And you say, well, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they look like. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And in fact, I'm going to give you some encouragement that if you don't or haven't figured out what your spiritual gift is, is that you will do a little research and find out on your own what that might be like, but let's stop for just a moment, if you will, and let's pretend that you are driving down the road and right in front of you is a vehicle that is uh, full of passengers. It is a big uh, truck. It has a family of five in it and in the ba- bed of that truck are a bunch of chicken coops. Okay, there's a bunch of chickens in the back of the truck that's going down the road. They have a blowout. They lose control. They skid off the side of the road. The, the truck tips over, and the cages come out, and chickens go everywhere. Okay, Are you with me here? This is a normal day in West Texas, Okay, so we're not too far from that. Okay? So chickens are going everywhere. You immediately realize that you need to stop and help. And so this will kind of give you an idea of what your spiritual gift may be. What is the first thing that you're going to do when you get out of that car? Okay, somebody immediately said check on the family. I want to list six different spiritual gifts or gifts that you may have that can be used for God's glory. And you can identify those based on what you do as soon as you jump out of that car. You jump out of the car and if the first thing you do is you take a leadership role. Okay. And you start saying, okay, this needs to be done, and this needs to be done, and this needs to be done. Okay. Then you have been given the gift of leadership, and that is an area in which you excel in. Okay. Maybe your gift is not standing up in front of people, but maybe you can hear the person saying, we need this done, and this done, and this done, and you can start organizing. And you can say, okay, I need you here, and you here, and you here. Let's go over here. We got to see if we can't get these chickens together. Okay, And another group, you may say, okay, now here's what we need. We need these group of people. We're going to try to tip the truck back over again. You come over here. You know about uh, emergency first aid. Go and render aid. Okay, so maybe it's leadership. Maybe it's organizing. Maybe goal number one for you is how are the people? What's going on with the people who are in that vehicle? We have got to get them out. We've got to make sure they're safe. We've got to attend to their needs. And for some of you, you do that, and you do that really, really well. And, and unfortunately, you don't always get the spotlight of the leader or the organizer, but the one who cares for people should not be underestimated. Many of you have that heart. And that is just one of the greatest spiritual gifts that you can have. So maybe it's a leadership role that you take, maybe you're good at organizing, maybe caring for the needs of other people, maybe you're more concerned about the long term of what's going to need to happen here. Okay, you recognize that we've got to get all these chickens taken care of and off the road and there are people who are going to be coming up the road and you realize that, you know what, we need to warn people ahead of us or behind us before they come up on and there's chickens scattered everywhere and there's people running around. Maybe you understand that there are people who have some injuries that are going to require some long-term care and you're you're prepared for what it would might take to help somebody in a long-term capacity. Maybe you see this and what you see is a mistake and somewhere within this is a teachable moment. Okay, what went wrong? What can we learn from this? How can we have, do it in such a way that we can safely transfor, transport people and chickens and them not end up on the side of the road? Or maybe you're just one of the ones who steps out of the car and the first thing you say is, what can I do? And again, let's not underestimate the value of someone who is just willing to work. Who says, I don't need to be in the spotlight. I don't need to tell people what to do. I don't need to organize. Just tell me what to do. That's what I want to do. And I'm thankful that you're here this morning because we're a church that has a lot of things going on and we need people to ask the question, what can I do? And maybe you say, my, my gift is not standing up in front of people. But maybe your, your gift is, um, like Lynn talked about, a holding little children. That you don't mind slobber spots on your shoulder. And what a, a wonderful blessing that would be for so many different kids. I want to talk a little bit today about the different gifts that we have. But I want to ask one big question. Uh, And of course, it starts with why. Why would God allow there to be so many gifts, and yet He only gives each one of us one or two? Why is that? I mean, why wouldn't He give everybody all the gifts? That's kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, why wouldn't he just say, you know what, everybody should have all these gifts. So as soon as I hop out of the car, I immediately can do any one of those things and have no problem doing it. But you ask me to do certain things, anything that involves shots or blood, and I'm, I'm out of there. I, I can't do that. I mean, I have to step away from that. I don't know what happened, but a couple years ago something happened. I cannot handle blood. And so when I have a problem, I call somebody. I can call Kristen and say, look, I cut my finger open, true story, I don't know what to do, you know, and she could tell the one thing I was doing really good was panicking, <laughs> you know, okay, so you've got to stop, okay, control the bleeding, okay, this is what needs to happen next, okay, so, but why didn't God give me all those abilities, why didn't He give you all of those abilities? Okay. Okay. So wh- you know, I'll just do it all on my own. I, you know, I can walk in and say, I've got this whole situation handled. Why did he give us different gifts? Why didn't he give all of you all the gifts? I mean, did he just not have enough room for that? Was he too busy? Why? Why do you suppose he gave every one of you different gifts? Individuality? Ah, he wanted all of us to come together, Samantha. There's a lot of reasons, but that's one of the reasons I was shooting at this morning is to talk about this is why God created us each with different gifts. Because in order for us to function as a society, as a people, we can't just say, I've got it all figured out by myself. Instead, you have to say, you know what, I'm really not good with the organizing part. I'm really not good with a leading part. Or maybe I'm really good at this certain area, but I'm, I'm not really good at just getting my hands dirty. And some of you say, I'm really good at getting my hands dirty. I love to do that, but I'm not really good with figuring out how it's supposed to look. Maybe you had not thought about long-term care, or maybe you're really good at having this great, passionate idea, but you don't know how it plays out. Or you don't know how to teach, but you would love to sit there and hold a little baby. God has given each one of you at least one gift. Some of you are multi-talented people. And He's given you extra gifts. And, And you can say, wow, that makes me extra special. It also means that God has also given you not only that gift, but He's given you a responsibility to use that gift. Now, when I'm talking about gifts, I don't want to just think, well, it has to involve something that takes place on a Sunday morning. Maybe your gift is running really fast. I believe that if you can run really fast, it is not because your parents filled out a form before you were born that says, I want a child that runs really fast. I think that is a gift from God. Now, there are two things. One, you need to recognize it's from God. And two, you need to realize that God has given you that gift to use it for His glory, so you better work hard on honing that gift. And when you run, you run not so people can say, wow, that guy or that girl is really fast. You do it so that God can be glorified. Each one of you has a gift. And some of you are saying, I don't really know what my gift is. I'm not really sure. Well, here's the easy part. Okay? There are actually lots and lots of resources available. Many of them you can find on the internet. One of them is called Houts, H-O-U-T-S, Houts Spiritual Inventory. You go on there, you get this survey, they'll mail it to you. They even have some uh, different ones now have it where you can get it online. You can fill it out and it's going to say, based on the way you answer those questions, here's things that you're good at. You are Really not very good at being a servant, but you're really great at being a leader. Or you're a really good organizer, but maybe your strong uh, spot is not teaching, or vice versa. You can find those. Get those. Take those. If you really want to go above and beyond and, and are prepared for this, get multiple copies of them and pass them out to your friends and say, I want you to answer these questions for me as though you were answering for me. And I really want to find out, what are, what are my gifts? God has given each one of us at least one gift. One way to reach out. Uh, some of these gifts are based on your talents. Some of you are just naturally good-looking people. Okay? You can use your gift for God's glory. Some of you are really good at teaching. Use that for the Lord. Some of you are really good at encouraging. Okay, if you want to know something about me, my love language is words of affirmation. I am like the little puppy dog that always needs pets. I don't know why that is. Not pets like I need more animals. Like I need somebody to say, oh, you're doing a good job. I don't know why. My tail wags and I get really excited. Okay, that, that, that's what I need is words of affirmation. And there's some folks here who have identified that. And they can be truthful and sometimes they say, you know what, that, that wasn't your best job. But they can also say, you know what, that was a, you did a pretty good job. I stayed awake the whole time today. And to me, that's, that's good. Maybe that's your gift. Maybe you can go up one-on-one and relate to someone and, and tell someone, you know what, that's something that, that you do really good. Or you can write cards. Okay? You can make phone calls. Visit people. You have a gift. Find out what it is. God created you with a gift, and He did it so that He can be glorified through that gift. Some of you have gifts, and it's related to a passion that you have. You have a passion for music. You have a passion for children. You have a passion for teaching. You have a passion for planning lock-ins and going there with a bunch of screaming 13-year-olds. If that's your passion, passion, embrace it. Find ways to utilize it. Sign up for a camp, write cards to people, go visit people in the hospital or in prison. God has given you a gift and he says, I've called you to be a church. That is not a time or a place. It's who you are and it's what you do because of what he did. That each one of us has a talent. Some of you, your gifts are based on the fact that you have some experiences in your life that maybe others haven't gone through. Maybe you know what it's like to get served papers for a divorce. You know, the heartbreak of of thinking back to that wedding day and then realizing that all, all the things that you'd worked so hard for just fell apart. You know the pain of feeling alone and broken and picking up the pieces and wondering how are you going to be treated and uh, how do I fit into church and what happens next in my life. and. You understand that and now you have this gift. You have this ability based on the life experience because unfortunately there are other people out there who have been through similar circumstances and they're on day one and you're on day 4032 and life has moved on and God has blessed you and you've found peace even in the midst of that turmoil. And you can go to someone and say, you know what, I'm just going to sit here I'm going to cry with you because I'm going to tell you that there's going to come a day where you're going to get through this. But right now, I'm just going to sit with you. And maybe for some of you, you've been the one that has gotten that phone call. And you never expected to outlive your child. And you did. And you don't know what to do. And there is someone who is going through a difficult time. And you can minister to them. And your gift is the fact that you have gone through a terrible experience. And now you can use that to glorify God and help somebody make it through. Okay, it's getting a little heavy here, so let's lighten it up. Let's do a little Bible quiz. I don't have any treats to give you, but I do have a, a quick question. How long did Moses spend wandering, or, or I'll just say in the desert? How long did he spend in the desert? Forty years. Da. You are just one of the most biblically knowledgeable people that I know, but your wife, if she were to answer the question, she would have answered it differently, and she would be right. How long did Moses spend in the desert? D.A. was part right, but it was a trick question. I wanted to see if I could trick him. Okay? He was with the Israelites wandering around in the desert for 40 years. But let's go back a little bit more. What happened early on in his life? Moses, of course, we have to give this line. He was a basket case. Because he was in... Okay, never mind. Okay. He was, he was uh, raised in the palace. He was wandering one day as a young adult. He sees um, uh, an Egyptian abusing an Israelite. He goes up there, breaks the fight... Breaks up the fight, starts his own fight, and does what? Kills the Egyptian. The next day, he's out wandering around. There's two Israelites, they're fighting against each other. He goes in there and says what? Break it up. And one of them says what? You're going to kill me too? And all of a sudden, Moses realizes that the sin that he committed, he thought in private, was now making the rounds. And before long, it would end up at the palace... And he'd have to pay for it. So he goes out in the desert, and according to Acts chapter 7, verse 29 and 30, how long was he in the desert? Forty years! So how long was Moses around in the desert? Forty plus forty. He was in there eighty. But think about this. Was this an accident? Do you think it's just coincidental that, hey... 40 happens to be a good time? Or was God purposeful in the fact that He waited 40 years before He set that bush on fire and spoke to Moses? Before Moses would wander around in the desert with the Israelites for 40 years, He spent 40 years in the desert by Himself. God prepared him for what he would do by giving him a test run. Now, I came here about four years ago. That's If I'm going to be in the desert for 40 years, I've got another 36 to go. Now, can you imagine after that, me taking you and another, oh, I don't know, 1.9 million people? out and wandering around for 40 years? Is that something that seems exciting? And yet God prepared Moses for what he would do before he ever met Pharaoh or saw a burning bush. Some of you have some difficult life experiences. Some of you have had some great ones. I joined a special fraternity of people about 13 years ago when I held my son for the first time. And things changed. And like most of you parents who had been doing this for years, I became the person who would drive 10 miles an hour slower in a residential area. Because I thought, I have a child. And that little child could squirm away and run out in front of the street in in the street in front of a car. And so I became very aware of that fact. Before that, as a 16-year-old, I would see how fast I could go down the street. And all of a sudden, things changed. Some of you became grandparents for the first time And you became in a special fraternity of people who you really enjoyed and looked forward to the slobber stains on your shirt. And how precious and special that was. Here's the thing. Each one of you has been given gifts. Just use them. Find a way to glorify God through what you do. If you're great at knitting, knit for the Lord. If you're great at preparing tax documents, do it for the Lord. If you're great at inserting an IV, if you're great at teaching a class, do it for the Lord. Find ways that you can reach out. If you're good at sports, sports needs normal, healthy people in them. Okay? I have gotten to where I nearly abhor sports. And that's exactly why every year I go volunteer to be a soccer coach. And I am leading the league. I have the record for the worst win loss record ever in New Mexico history. But you go there and say, you know what? I want to impact this community. And if I can just get ten kids and somehow convince them that their value goes beyond how many goals they score, if they can learn a little bit about being respectful and having teamwork, then let's do that. And for a lot of kids, they think I'm a bad coach. Because they leave there and they say, we didn't win a stinking game. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Find some way to use your gifts for God's glory. Find some time. If you're great at visiting, go visit the hospital. Go get involved in prison ministry. Write cards. If you're really good at praying, pray and pray and pray for people. Pray for this community. Pray for the people out there who are, like I said, who have gone through difficult times. This is why we are here, is to glorify God. Find out what it is. Think about it with this week. If you have a spouse, look at your spouse in the eye and say, what am I good at? And then you in turn answer that question for them and you find out how can we glorify God through the talents that we have been given and the life experiences that we have gone through. Because this community needs to see Jesus' hands and feet and He can see it through people with all their different gifts glorifying Him. What can we do for the Lord this week? How are we going to change the lives of people? We can do it because the Spirit of God is in us. And if you wish to join us in that fight as we war against Satan and bring glory to God, I want you to do it as we stand and sing.